Hey guys, and welcome back to Sermon Notes. Clearly, I am not Amy Joe, And I am definitely not Garrett Gregory. But we've both been here before. So if you don't remember me or we haven't had the chance to meet, I'm Amber. And I'm Hunter. I work at the Church Avenue South Cam- or downtown Nashville campus. Yeah. Yeah. And we are joined by Doug Jones. And I am Doug Jones. So. <laughs> There you go. Well, Doug, man, thanks for joining us today. Um, we're so grateful that you would make uh, make your way from the from Woodbine all the way down to Brentwood to hang out with us. Uh, great sermon yesterday. But before we dive into that, thank you. We uh, we want to get to like let the audience know you a little bit more. You know, okay. the, the man, the myth, the legend. So, uh, word word <laughs> on the street is that you spent a long time in Mexico, yep. almost before um, the advent of, if you will, of the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it existed, I think, but my mom and I would get very excited about just sending faxes. But I remember after about two years in Mexico, when we lived way, well, way out in the sticks, uh, just got indoor plumbing in the whole nine yards and coming home for a vacation, I remember watching commercials and at the end of every commercial, they'd be like, visit us at www.whatever commercial it was. And after a couple hours of TV, I'm like, Mom, what is this WWW stuff that's coming on at the end of every commercial? And she said, I don't know. They started putting that on the TV a couple months ago. And so I didn't get an answer. And yes, the World Wide Web had come out and I had no idea. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, zilch. So, I mean, I went down there in 95. I know Internet existed before that, but before it kind of commercialized just in everyday TV programming. So Y2K wasn't even a concern for you in Mexico? Oh, it was a huge concern. I intentionally stayed. uh, I I came home for vacation in 1999 to be in the States for Y2K. Wow. Do you remember how big of a deal that was? I mean, people thought that was going to be the end of humanity. Oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. it was a big deal, and nothing happened. I remember sitting there watching our tiny little TV in the kitchen when Australia went to 2000, and they just had the fireworks like normal. Okay. I guess we're good. All of our banks are fine. uh, Everything is okay. We're still here. Well, hey, listen, um, in the spirit of Christmas, Mm -hmm. uh, I did want to get, just because I'm so um, used to what our traditions here, you know, uh, for Christmas are, uh, but in Mexico, what was like a favorite Christmas tradition? man, yeah. Well, in Mexico, we celebrate Christmas on the 24th, actually, so at night, and so everyone will stay up all night long, and most times they don't eat dinner until midnight, one, two in the morning. And that's just the way it is. And then the 25th, everybody sleeps in. And so our one of our favorite things is we would go from house to house, not like trick-or-treating, but like we would try to visit some of our closest friends. And so it would be three or four houses on Christmas Eve, and we would eat three or four dinners, uh, tamales or pozole. So we'd be stuffed. But, I mean, we loved it. It was awesome. Once we started having kids, we had to limit it to like one house. And it just because it was too hard for our kids, yeah. dragging them around from 11 p.m. until three in the morning. And but it was awesome. And it was so we still do it now. Um, some of our global workers, they're back in Mexico now, but they were up here. They started coming to Woodbine. They're Mexican and they had no family up here. And so we just invite them over to our house here in the States on the 24th. That's so cool. They bring their two little kids and they stay at our house almost till midnight. And this coming 24th, after our worship service at Woodbine, we've invited a handful of people down to our house. And we'll stay up fairly late and just, you know, share but a meal But you will together. eat dinner before 1 a.m., yes? Uh, it'll be probably like, yeah, we'll make it American and we'll eat like at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's I'm hungry like a first, thinking about like that. a prequel uh, <laughs> kind of dinner, you know? Give me some appetizers. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not the same. But like that would, that by far, hands down, is one of my most favorite 
traditions in Mexico that we do. It's the 24th at night. So we'd have a worship service, go home, change clothes, and then go to whoever's house. That's so and cool. be there for hours. I mean, my first Christmas in Mexico was in 95, and I was at some random people's house. I hardly knew who they were, but they had kind of adopted uh, adopted us as young missionaries. I was single, 23 years old, and I was in a tiny house with probably 100 family members in it of this family wow. until about 4 in the morning. And then uh, they drove me home, and I mean, I was lonely and by myself, mm. you know, just with one or two other missionaries. We didn't even have a church yet, and uh, but it was an incredible experience. Wow. That is so different yeah, than anything really cool. I've ever done. It was yeah. really, I can't even really stay up on New Year's cool. Eve. Oh, yeah, it's hard. Well, the older you get, the harder it gets, supposedly. Yeah. I'll let you know once I get to that okay. age. But, you, know, so. <laughs> yeah, you, you keep us updated. I'll on keep you updated. I that. think yeah. I have at least 20 years in front of you guys. Yeah. Though, so, you know, so. <laughs> well, all my family does on Christmas is like make, like we make waffles, oh, you yeah. know, but that's, I mean, I'm kind of feeling like I need to, uh, need to step up our Christmas tradition. I, I mean, waffles, awesome. waffles are great. No, that's Buddy the Elf loves waffles. That's I mean, Krista makes monkey bread for Christmas morning. Yeah. I don't need to downplay my tradition. I'll stand on it. Yeah, stand on it. There you go. It's important. That's right. That's right. Well, um, Doug, man, uh, I do love your heart for missions and to see the Woodbine campus almost weekly, you know, articulate and to put on the stage just an expression of diversity and God's heart. That's a really cool, Mm -hmm. uh, cool thing. And so I even saw a little bit of that, um, obviously, in y'all's service uh, yesterday as Mm -hmm. we watched on YouTube. And uh, just to get ready for this, was just very struck by how multicultural Woodbine is. And um, but the sermon was great. Uh, oh, I really enjoyed listening to it. It's just clear how passionate you were about that. And mm. uh, the ser- whole sermon series has been awesome. Been in the book of Isaiah. Yep. And as you had uh, said, and Aaron, our campus pastor, has said that uh, Isaiah was written, gosh, what, seven in the year 738, right? Something yeah, like yeah, it's about 700 years or so before the time of Christ. Wow. Right. So that would have been an old book by the time Jesus was born. Absolutely. And then the New Testament, kind of obviously circling around like the life of Christ, feels really ancient to us now in year 2022. And so I do love that the Bible is so relevant, but sometimes it can be hard to kind of pull the strings, if you will, Mm -hmm. of like, what's, what is, uh, what's relevant to us today. And so a huge theme is this idea of peace, Mm -hmm. right? The idea that uh, you said Ahaz, the main character for uh, yesterday's sermon, looked for peace in every other place that he could, except for Jesus or except for the Lord. And so, um, would you expound upon what what are some themes of peace that we can see for a modern reader, for us, mm. yeah. from the book of Isaiah? That's good. Yeah, well, it's a great question. I mean, uh, I'm a big history nerd, and so sometimes with my sermons, I get too caught up in, like, what was originally happening in the passage. And for Ahaz, like I, you know, I shared yesterday, I mean, he is a king. There are two other countries that are attacking his little country of Judah. And like you said, I mean, he looked under every rock, bush, tree, you know, made shrines and temples and altars, you know, to every God under the planet trying to find peace. And we don't live in that time, day and age here in the States. But for us, I mean, financial peace, you know, just relational peace. Mm-hmm. I mean, here in the holidays, I mean, it's one of the hardest times for a lot of people because we ha- we've built up Christmas to be such this amazing family time and gathering together. I mean, we see it in commercials all the time. What is Christmas for? Well, friends and family. Family and food, you know, even the the yeah. non-believer. That's what they talk about that all the time, 
And yet, how many of us really have strong, healthy relationships just among family? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, comedians even make fun of, you know, the holidays are time together to gather together for food with people we don't like. Yep. And so a lot of times just with relationships with our parents, with our kids, with our siblings, with aunts and uncles, it's stressful. And so like, we're like, there is no peace. You know, I don't have a good relationship with my mom, my brother, my sister, my kids, uh, you know, I'm divorced or whatever it is. And so there could be just this, these challenging times, just family, friends. And then I said, you know, with finances and stuff, just even with inflation this year, there can be all this stress. Like we can barely make the bills and now we're supposed to buy presents for our kids or I'm supposed to get something for my mom or my dad. And I just, I'm not making ends meet. And so I'll just put on the credit card, which just causes more stress. And so, I mean, we can just go on a job, lack of job. Is there going to be not only inflation, but like, are we going into a recession? Are we in a recession? So there can be all these areas just in our lives where we really struggle trying to find peace. So, I mean, just off the top of my head, those are just some things I'm thinking about right now. So, um, so yeah. So I, I find it so interesting that one of the things that we as the Christian faith say is like, we have the ability to have peace, but during these seasons, specifically during the holidays, they're so hectic and they're so busy. It can be hard to find that. And we also, during this season, preach the idea of hope. Yeah. Like we have a hope that we look forward to, um, which for me at least is very difficult at the times when it's so busy and so stressful to find. So what are some ways that during Christmas specifically or the holidays or even entering the new year, because people hope to become someone different as mm-hmm. the new year approaches. What does it look like to place our hope in Jesus and nothing else? Yeah. What's well, man, that's a great question. Hunter, do you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Well, it kind of goes back, I think even with peace and hope. And I mean, this sounds super cliche or it seems like we always, or at least it's, I'm always saying that it seems like is we've got to slow down. We've got to slow down. Yeah. But one of the things that I'm learning and I'm not good at, but I try to encourage my kids to do, you know, my wife encourages me to do it. And even I was talking with, with someone about it yesterday is just when we find ourselves stressed out, with regardless of whatever it is, is to stop and actually ask ourselves and even ask the Holy Spirit, okay, why am I stressed? Mm, that's good. And, and, and listen, you know, we've been given two ears, one mouth. And spiritual ears, two spiritual ears, one right. mouth. But stop and ask yourself and even ask the Holy Spirit, okay, why am I so stressed right now? Mm. And okay, and whatever, you know, he'll, he'll tell you, you know, Jesus will show you and then ask the why and, and why is that a concern and why is that a concern? Mm. And 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 the Lord will take you back to the roots, but it requires us to stop and listen yeah. with the ears of our heart. And then with the hope, why do we have hope? Well, I mean, Jesus is alive. And he's real. And I know we know that, but like if we truly believe that and um, and if we truly believe that and stop and listen to quiet our hearts, to turn this off. Yeah. I mean, my go to is always I sit down somewhere and oh, I got it's like, no, no, no. I need to just put that down right. and be bored mm. and allow myself to listen, yeah. to ponder, to not fill my brain with images 
or words or news or captions or whatever catchphrases mm. it is. And to truly understand that Jesus is alive. We celebrate Christmas because he is our king. He came once. He's coming back again. And if we truly believe that and allow his spirit who lives in us to speak to us, I mean, that brings incredible hope. Yeah. I mean, it really does. And I know that sounds really cliche, but he is the Prince of Peace. He is the hope of glory who resides in us. Yeah. And if we truly believe that and allow ourselves to ponder that, I mean, for me, it fills me with hope. Yeah, that's good. And it speaks much more powerful than the stresses I feel every day. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's No, that's so good. I mean, in college, this was a similar thing that you talked about. We learned how to do the five whys, mm -hmm. which is, okay, what is happening right now? Why am I overwhelmed? And then continuing to ask why. Okay, why does that make me overwhelmed? What is it that I'm seeking? And so often it comes down to what we want. Mm -hmm. Um and what we are not getting. And mm -hmm. we are finding our hope in, insert anything here. Approval of man, the money that we have, um, the career that we long for, the material things that we desperately want. The day off that's coming. Yes. <laughs> or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. the vacation. Li I'm yeah, live for the weekend, right? Uh, yeah, live for, yeah. Mm, I, I mean, regard whatever it is. Yeah, and yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't know, this might be a big, ta big tangent stuff, but I mean, think about what we really believe. We believe that we have a personal relationship with God who loved us so much that he gave us his son who was born in a manger 2,000 years ago. We're getting ready to celebrate it. Yeah. To a young teenage girl who was extremely poor. Yeah. This man grew up as a carpenter. He died on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. He was buried. And we believe that he rose from the dead. He ascended up into heaven. And he's going to come back on a white horse. I mean, let's think about that. That seems kind of really weird. Yeah. But the crazy thing, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And he is the hope of glory. And Paul mm. talks, I think it's to the Philippians, about how we long for his coming. Right. And Christmas is an incredible, real example of the fact that, yeah, he came once and he is coming again. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, well, and, and Doug, that right there encapsulates, I think, what we are doing as Christians, oh, which is kind of stoking or in stirring our affections for the Lord. And we have these holidays that kind of remind us of that. Absolutely. But for the person, right? Imagine there's somebody else sitting here in the middle, or honestly, you can just imagine me because I'm kind of here in this season where I have been through a lot of Christmases. Yeah. I've been through a lot of uh, Easter's. Uh, I've been through a lot of just whatever holiday that is meant to kind of be a, a mile marker of our faith. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like, okay, I hear the words, Right, because even as you're reading um, Isaiah's prophecy to Ahaz, right, uh, that there will be uh, a child uh, conceived of a virgin, and his name will be Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. That's good news, yeah. and that's like the hope and the foundation upon which I have set my heart. Right, but Absolutely. but it still feels like yes, and right, right. It still yeah. feels like okay. I hear that and. So to the person who is here this Christmas and they're going through the motions mm -hmm. and they know in their head all the things that you just said, but it doesn't seem to be making a difference with their heart. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Man, what would you say to them? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, I'm going to give the Christian answer. Pray. No, yeah, no, sure. No, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if they, if I, if they were sitting right yeah. here, if we had another chair here, you know, I, I would be like, yeah, I've been there I've yeah. been there too. Even being a pastor and a former missionary, 
Yeah, I, I feel that way sometimes too, where I feel like I'm just going through the motions. And, you know, something as you were asking or just even phrasing that question, Hunter, it made me think just Christmas, it's, you know, about giving gifts and the greatest gift is Jesus and giving presents. And, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and spill the beans here. My birthday's on the 26th of December. So, you know, and so same, I, same I still, here. Uh, what? Do you remember 26th? that? My birthday is December 26th. Okay. Awesome. So sometimes we, you know, <laughs> I get double presents now, but you know, I got forgotten a lot as a little kid, but anyway, it's a big season for presents. And one of the things I just want to encourage those who are really struggling uh, depressed, discouraged, is almost imagine yourself sitting at the feet of Jesus and just you're holding the discouragement or I'm just going through the motions or I'm just playing a game with Jesus. You know, I, I really don't believe it or I'm really struggling and just handing him that, Jesus, this is where I really am at. Yeah. I mean, because you go back to Ahaz. I mean, Ahaz chased after every God and everything and uh, he was kind of like those flippant people, you know, they agree with every, with the last person they're with. Yep. So, you know, in our day and age, are you a Titans fan? Yeah, I'm a Titans fan. Then the next day there was some a Jaguars fan. Are you a Jaguars fan? Yeah, I'm a Jaguars fan. Are you an Alabama fan? Oh, I'm an Alabama fan. You know, and they just bounce from one thing to the next. And that's the way Ahaz was. Yeah. He was extremely fickle, very weak, and he just got tossed back and forth from, by the wind, by the waves. He was a kite in the air lost in a hurricane. Yeah. And he had no foundation. And yet God comes to him through Isaiah saying, ask whatever you want. As low, as deep as Sheol or as the highest heavens, ask of me a sign mm-hmm. and I'll give it to you. Yeah. Not his fickle wish, but he's like, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Yeah. And Jesus already knows our deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. I mean, why try to hide from the one who sees all For and just sure. hand it to him? Say, this is where I'm at this Christmas. Yeah. And I, I hate it. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned in your sermon was this idea of piety. Um, mm. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just this like idea of being buttoned up for religion. And, mm. and I think that there is this beautiful thing about the gospel, which is that we don't have to be. Yeah. Um, Ahaz could have been exactly where he was, wanting all of the things that he did, as wrong as that might have been, and yet the Lord is still good. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and one thing that you talked about was the fact that we're not supposed to ask God to be tested. It's not allowed. And so he was like, I would never. <laughs> and yet God still showed up yeah. without him putting on a performance, without him doing the right things. And I, I don't know, I'm just really encouraged about that because especially in the Christmas season, as we're going home to our families a lot of us will be returning to our home churches that we grew up in. It's really easy to put on this person um, that you think you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. even in our day-to-day life. Um, and the beauty of the gospel is we don't have to be that person because right. Jesus was that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Just come as you are. Yeah. And again, it, that's a cliche, but a lot of times there's power and the cliche phrases, they become a cliche because everybody yeah. repeats them and says it all the time. But in reality, there's a whole lot of truth to a lot of our cliches. Yeah. And we see it in the life of Jesus. I mean, Isaiah is a forerunner. He points us to Jesus. God used him to approach the king who is incredibly wicked to confront him and to even encourage him and say, hey, I'm, I'm right here. Yeah. And, you know, the immediate fulfillment of that prophecy was Isaiah's own son. 
mm. being that Emmanuel, so to speak, in the life of Ahaz. And for the next 12 years, 13 years, as he watched Isaiah's son grow up, he was reminded every time. Now, he hardened his heart. He never repented. He never turned to the Lord. Yeah. But for the remaining years of his kingship, he saw that little boy grow up. And the prophecy was fulfilled. I mean, within just a, a couple years, or, or I think, believe one country, Aram was, Aram was destroyed. And then Israel was destroyed within the next 12, 13 years before that child could choose between right and wrong. And in Jewish tradition, it was when he turns 13. Yeah. You know, now the greater fulfillment is obviously Jesus. You know, but Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is a reminder. And every Christmas, and, you know, routine, sometimes we can get tired of routine. And sometimes I know as a little kid, it seemed like Christmas was always so far away. Now it's like, man, didn't we just celebrate Christmas? It comes so fast now. You know, but it's such a reminder that, no, God is with us. And God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son for the world. Yeah. Not just for wicked King Ahaz, but for all of us. That's so good. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. You know, we know that uh, it takes hours and hours of preparation to put a sermon together. Uh, And so there's probably a lot that's been left on the threshing floor that you wish you would have gotten to say to the Church of Woodbine, but even today to the wider uh, Brentwood Brentwood Baptist Church family and all who would listen. So what are some things that you wish you could have gotten into the sermon? And it just didn't quite make it. Anything that you would... Yeah, yeah I, I have a tendency to always focus on what was happening in the original context. And then I look up at the clock, I'm like, oh man, I'm almost out of time. And yeah. then just kind of blitz through the practical applications. One thing that I really pondered a lot about was, you know, Matthew 7, 7, you'll ask, be answered, seek, you'll find, yeah. knock and the door will be opened. And again, just reminding Isaiah comes to Ahaz saying, ask for a sign. You know, yeah. test the Lord. And, you know, yes, testing the Lord, you know, we're not supposed to test the Lord, you know, but when God comes and says, test me, you know, it's, he's trying to say, hey, I will answer, I will respond. So in Matthew 7, 7, you know, and this isn't the, you know, prosperity gospel of being healthy, wealthy, and happy. It's not that. But Jesus, when he was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount and has with his disciples, he's like, ask and you know it'll be answered seek and you'll find knock and the door will be opened and so god is inviting us you know to test them yeah you know and to seek and to ask you know and there's no question that is too hard for him uh you know we see it in the life of jesus you know he was constantly challenging his own disciples he was challenging the masses with not only what he taught, but what he didn't teach, what he did and what he didn't do. And then he was constantly confronting the Pharisees. And when you look at the life of Jesus, the only people group that Jesus was hard on were the arrogant, the religious Pharisees and, and you know, Sadducees. He was harsh with them. But, you know, like a hammer, you know, against that hard heart, you know, and what his, I mean, he was confronting them out of love to try to break them and to humble mm. them, you know, and, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, well, for hungry will ask. Yeah. And if we hunger for righteousness, we will find the Lord Jesus at the end of it, at the end of that road, because he is the way. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage myself, you guys, everyone listening, you know, there's no question, there's no challenge too hard or too difficult for the Lord. Yeah. You know, now his answer might be very different from what you're hoping or desiring, but it'll be exactly what we need. Yeah. And it's all for his glory. 
Yeah. So those were some of the things I was like, I just got to, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really beautiful yeah. imagery there. Uh, I think of my own son and why in the world would I not want him to at least come to me with the things that he needs, maybe the things that he thinks he needs. Yeah. At the end of the day, I just want him to come. I'm not going to be like, yeah. how dare you uh, ask me? You know, the answer might be no. Yeah, for sure. Right? And that would be for his own good. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. You cannot have that second, uh, you know, chocolate candy, candy bar <laughs> that's going to make our house explode. <laughs> that literally happened this weekend. Oh, good. Uh, but, uh, but I am still, I'm never annoyed that my son would come to me. Yeah. yeah. Something that, I don't know that you remember that you told me this, but um, this is probably... A year or so ago, we, I mean, Judah was young and I don't know if, I don't even remember the context of the conversation, but you said the amount of love that I have for my son is so Mm. immense. If God even has half of that for me, why would I be afraid? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's so much more than what you could imagine. And I was like, man, that's such beautiful imagery to know, like, the closest people to us, the love that we have for them and imagining. Oh, it's it's a drop. Sorry, I totally cut you off. No, please. I mean, it's a drop in the bucket. I mean, it it literally, the the amount of love that we have for, you know, rather if it's our own son or daughter, you know, a spouse or parents or a sibling or just a dear friend. Mm. I mean, yeah, it could be amazing. We could even say, man, I would die for that person. But, you know, okay, how much compared to the love of the Father that he has for us, how much of, I mean, ours is not even a drop in the bucket yeah. compared to the entire ocean of the universe, you know, it's his love for us. And yeah. he shows it. I mean, again, you know, we get, we, we come to Christmas. I mean, it's in six days, you know, but Christmas is not even the beginning, but it's the beginning here on Jesus, on Jesus' life here on earth. But that's to get us to Good Friday, which then gets us to the tomb, which then is the empty tomb, which is the resurrection. And it's, I mean, it's now the start from Christmas all the way to next spring to Resurrection yeah. Sunday. I mean, it's all about the life yeah. and ministry of Jesus. Yeah. That's so good. Well, Doug, yeah. we're so thankful oh, for you coming up here and hanging yeah, out with absolutely. us for a while. Um, friends, we are ending sermon notes for the year 2022, but fret not. We will be back in January of 2023, probably close to the end, I think. AJ and Garrett will be back if you want them back. We can come if you want. Um, But be sure to hit that subscribe button, like all of the videos, share it with your friends, and be sure to wish these guys some happy birthdays in the comments. Who knew? Happy birthday, guys. Birthday twins, my friend. That's so cute. We love that. Well, we'll see you guys next time.